and seems we are live. So welcome hey. in the second episode of the Lighthouse podcast. We are trying to get better and ideally post every single week. Today we have a new guest. He's a chief engineer and I hope that uh, you can gladly benefit out of his experiences and knowledge as we try to forge some of it to your own. So uh, as last time, I created several different casts with different questions. Some of them are relatively similar to the questions I ask uh, our last guests. Nevertheless, the answers, like always, will be unique and based on your particular experience and career choices. So I guess that the first one uh, will be always the same. And this is the question about your background. Can you please try to introduce yourself and try to summarize your career? Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Anders, chief engineer, uh, full commercial, uh, so no limitations there, which are not that common in yachting yet, but uh, it will come. Uh, more and more commercials are coming into this industry, and uh, that's what's, what's going on. I sell for the last 25 years, and uh, I've been on board a lot of different vessels. Okay, the, that's pretty interesting. So how long have you been in the industry in general? I've been in the yachting since uh, 2013, and uh, I've been on... Uh, I've been sailing since 94. So oh, that's quite that's a, a long time. time. Yeah. So I presume that, uh, you know, since 1994, the world had several, let's say, crises that uh, influenced the industry in a, I would say, similar way yeah. to our last COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, would you like to compare uh, the situation that you have now within the industry, post or even during the pandemic, uh, with some other events that might have cause similar issue? Um, there was a big issue. I was working in the cable industry with all the mm -hmm. cable ships and uh, putting down optic fiber cables uh, all around the world. And that industry just died. It went down. It was from uh, 95 to 2001, two, and then everything got almost canceled uh, because satellite got so inexpensive to put up and uh, now there was no need for the cables yeah especially so, uh, with uh, the starting project the one that uh, mask is working on uh, the interesting thing is you can even look it up there is a youtube channel called real engineering the guy had a video explaining that in details um, there are two different fiber uh, cables that go uh, under atlantic you know connecting europe with the united states and I don't remember the exact specification, but the point is that they created the second one between, I believe, uh, Amsterdam and uh, New York, just to save like milliseconds. And uh, the amount of time that they can, or even the amount of money that Wall Street was able to make simply by saving milliseconds uh, was just valuable enough to you know, invest a huge amount of money and start the project, creating the second fiber. So, the starting will allow us to reach even greater speed if everything goes right. And uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, but they they kept on finding new ways to put more. There was actually a cable like this thick. It's mm -hmm. only uh, have uh, eight uh, fiber cables inside, only eight. And in yeah, those, that's... they just start sending different frequencies, different wavelengths, different things and uh, they could put more and more through them so 
at first they thought, oh, these cables are 50%, 60% loaded. But in the end, they were only like 5%, 10% loaded. So they kept on uh, putting more and more through. So uh, a lot of places have uh, double layers of cables where the one mm-hmm. cable is basically just uh, not u- in use. But satellites have gone so cheap. So nobody is putting down cables anymore, not over a long stretch, that's for sure. Yeah, and especially to be honest, you know, SpaceX made them even cheaper to launch. And uh, yeah. I believe that nowadays connecting and uh, let's say putting uh, fibers underground makes sense only in case of maybe some small islands. You will, if you would like to connect, uh, I don't know, like several Canary yeah. Islands together or something like that. But uh, yeah, I fully agree with you. The satellites uh, got much cheaper. Uh, another question is related to all sorts of security breaches. Have you noticed the increase in them uh, before and after the COVID-19 pandemic? Because if you look at the statistics um, uh, not, over the... Yeah, uh, but the, not, 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 uh, not to do with Corona. It's been up going, going up all since I started the industry. More and more has done been done to... Um, add more security to all the systems and making more and more uh, safe when you're in harbors. And there have also been some attacks around uh, where ships have got uh, hijacked and they have to pay for, for getting their internet back and things like that. So yes, it's, uh, it's up in the industry, definitely. Yeah, to, to be honest, you know, I, I'm not a pilot, but I presume that it's much easier nowadays to just, uh, you know, get some money uh, as a ransom by installing a ransomware rather than trying to you know hijack a vessel and uh, it just became much more profitable for the let's say black market or some kind of individuals with malicious intentions yes so i would say that for the last especially five years uh, but i would say maybe even ten it's just uh, increasing nearly nearly. the amount of breaches for the last two years or even just in 2020 I checked some statistics last week. Uh, we are talking about like dozens, at least uh, one huge boat or at least one security breach, which is being publicly disclosed because they, you know, failed to hide it. Uh, yeah. It's being disclosed every month. And I presume that uh, if you take into account all the other breaches that happen, uh, the numbers are at least 10 times higher, especially in the acting industry you know, the, the reputations or the boats, they, they want to get chartered, so they have their, their reputation at stake, and they just prefer to keep things well. Yeah, but Do you agree with it? A, lot of, a lot of the owners in the yachting industry, they really, really value their privacy. And yeah, I can imagine. There's a lot, it's, it's a lot of world leaders, it's a lot of uh, famous actors, big uh, corporate uh, CEOs and things like that. And they want to be in peace when, they, when they're when out. Um, there's, it's it's just growing. And, and also all the yards are getting more and more electronic, more and more complicated. But being more and more electronic, it's also more and more that you can do from the outside to, to cripple uh, a yard. Back in the exactly. days when everything was... Uh, automatic and uh, mechanical you couldn't really do nothing from outside but now you if you get in the right places you you really can cripple a yard yeah so 
People don't realize that you know, there are, let's say, security companies full of researchers, people who are trying to discover new vulnerabilities on a daily basis. And they are still the good guys. Guys uh, which you know, an average person commonly referred to as hacker is uh, much more motivated because uh, you know, the money can be greater. And those people, you know, they're learning on a level that uh, is uh, basically not achievable for an average person that would like to keep up with them, simply because the motivation is much greater. So you can either invest a vast majority of resources trying to keep up with them, or you can at least try to do your best in order to make uh, your boat or your organization as uh, least desirable to be hacked as possible. Yeah, but we, we are already doing a lot of things like uh, I've seen yards where they put up drone defense. Uh, people are getting uh, digital radios because mm -hmm. then you can encrypt it peer to peer. So nobody yeah. can listen in from the outside. Nobody gets to know who's the owner just by listening in on the radios and so on. I'm glad to hear things, it. Uh, there are a lot of things in that uh, area is done. Uh, um, I just put up some new systems, uh, but I will not let my uh, the brand maker. They normally have um, a back way in so they can come in and uh, redefine uh, inputs and so on, but they cannot do it unless they write me and we talk together and then I go down mm -hmm. and physically switch mm -hmm. on that they can do it. So yeah, it's true. it's not leaving a back door open in, in these ways. Yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. I'm happy to hear that there are some boats that really treated seriously as like based on my experience, the vast majority of boats are I would say like 10 years behind if it comes to not only, let's say, the way they approach it technologically, security-wise, but by the very mindset of it. Yeah. Well, they, they don't fully realize the, the problem, the consequences, no. and the risk that they expose themselves to. So uh, another question is related to your opinion about uh, people and their long and short-term vision in security. So as you just said, uh, there are some boats, I, I probably, I would say that those boats are the very minority that fully realize the yes. importance of security. But what do you think about, uh, you know, an average uh, boat in the industry out there, either commercial or uh, from the acting industry? Yeah, but com commercials are more protected because they have a company behind them. Uh, mm -hmm. With the yachting, they have a management company and it's, it's very much depending on how the level of the management company is for for these yachts. The yachts themselves have nothing to do with the other yachts. They're only connected via the management company. So it's not the same business. It's not yeah, the same owner and so on. The, because the, the better management company is very broad. I believe that most of the management companies, they mostly care about, as the very name suggests, high-level management of the act. So they call different ports every time once the boat moves to make sure that the paperwork is at place, they buy fuel, all that stuff. But it comes to any kind of, let's say, uh, work that requires a subject domain expert, they're hiring external company or external contractors. Yes, yes. Do you agree? They don't. That they're not. They're not part of the management company. Management company also tries to keep their expenses low, so they will not have hire a, a cybersecurity expert being in the management company. Mm -hmm. uh, they will take in contractors from outside, but all most of it have to do if it's if it's a new build. 
new builds are more protected than former boats. Old yards, they, I'm quite sure they're really lacking in, in the cybersecurity because it haven't been a problem before. And mm -hmm. uh, the tendency is just, okay, then it's probably not a problem going ahead, but it is. So, but then to, to realize these things, uh, they have to, uh, to shift their mindset. Yeah, okay. I, as you said, I fully agree that it's all about the mindset, you know, unless people fully realize it. You know, the market in general, you need to do whatever people want you to do if you would like to make money. You can't force people to you know, buy certain services or make certain decisions that uh, they don't subscribe to. And uh, as much as uh, I see it all over the place, different vendors, they basically try to <laughs> sell their products or services. And an average person without much knowledge about security, they would just invest a crazy amount of money. And they, they basically serve on that well-sold promise of cybersecurity, which uh, unfortunately quite often simply isn't there. And based on my personal experience, the amount of time that and money, because technically money equals time, that you spend trying to simply properly configure even open source uh, alternatives rather than uh, buying the you know, plug and play ready solution is uncomparable. Going with the second option is nine out of 10, uh, simply much less optimal than going with the first one. Because in security in general, it's not, if you spend a certain amount of money simply by buying some plug and play solution or you know, buying whatever the average company decided to sell you, it's not about the product, it's mostly about being able to fully control an environment, having configured properly, and I would say most importantly, having the right people. And I know that the term right people is not really about you know, years of experience or the amount of gray hair or anything like that. It's simply about the skills. And nowadays, I strongly encourage you know, all the captains or different managers to realize that young people, even those younger guys, if they are independently minded and intellectually honest, at the age of 18, they acquire on average more knowledge than a security engineer, I would say, 20 years ago in his 30s, simply because young guys, those engineers that were very motivated, they had access to all the knowledge available worldwide through the internet since you know, the very beginning of their interest in security. And uh, mm. older guys, especially, you see those guys in the corporate environment, they perform security audits and they just have some kind of spreadsheet. They check the checkboxes. They ask you if the port is open. They don't even check if they accept your answer blindly. This is not the service that you would like to go with as uh, any kind of person that makes decisions. But nevertheless, uh, that's being said, uh, what do you think about the approach to security from the integrators or uh, third-party vendors' point of view. But when when doing new builds and so on, you are way more focused on on how you can protect your yacht and and how everything with communication, everything to do with um, direct uh, electronic involvement in uh, in equipment and so on, and try to to uh, screen that off. Um, you try to you try to do a lot of things, but that's just for a yard because the yard might not have a cybersecurity uh, employee um, mm -hmm. applied for, for the job. So so they are they are, might be lacking as well in, in new builds. 
uh, compare with so, what standard is. And in this industry, we are actually using money to to protect. It's not like it's a money problem. It's more like it's a mindset problem. Like yeah, people are not realizing. People are not realizing how how bad it can turn. Unfortunately, they don't. And I've noticed that quite a lot of companies they use the let's say scare strategy, which I fully agree. The, the point is to prove what you can do if you have some kind of malicious intentions, so people realize that the consequences can be severe. And of course, as a you know fair guy, you won't cause any harm, but you at least expose it and show and prove how easy it is to do it. And if that won't convince people, then uh, you know, like if they are not convinced, we cannot do much to help them. The main no. task, uh, in my opinion, is to basically switch their mindset and assuming that they're intellectually dishonest, you can just show some examples, prove it, and uh, let's say empirically um, convince them towards improving their security posture. So uh, what yeah, do you think but... uh, an average company or the boat cares uh, the most for? Is it the security in general or is it mostly about compliance or keeping the, the owner happy? I would say that it's probably I the third one. It's it's most about keeping the owner happy always always keep the owner happy but the other things need to be because if if boat gets hijacked he will be uh, unhappy the owner but it's yeah. mostly about uh, mostly about keeping the owner peaceful maybe anonymous something uh, like that that is the most important and then later on uh, securing the boat for not the uh, not being able to, let's say you get hijacked uh, electronically, then you can't sell, you can't provide for the owner for a certain amount of time mm -hmm. until it's sold. And that's a, that's a problem. It may, might, might not actually be the price you have to pay to get, uh, get uh, back in business. It's more like the inconvenience of, uh, of all this and the inconvenience of you don't know how much... Um, Interference that been did they steal all the pictures that was on yeah. the servers, things like that, where you have uh, owners' pictures, you have uh, family pictures from from their maybe parties or or just sitting around being social. You got uh, pictures from interior where you see owners' bedroom, um, big parlors, all these things that basically doesn't. It's not anybody's business but the owner. He he wanted yeah. it like this, and this yeah. is his home. And this is a home invasion, actually. Yeah, it is. And I would say that it's probably even uh, more uh, concerning for the charters that rented to different celebrities, as those guys have their entire reputation at stake. Well, for yes. the celebrity, one big scandal can basically end their career or significantly decrease their revenue. So I guess that they yeah. can. One thing that I'm really curious about is technically, you know, the Catan is supposed to be the person uh, in a position to make all sorts of decisions, but ultimately it's yeah. up to the owner. So imagine that uh, even outside of the security, there is some kind of storm and an owner wants the captain to, you know, sail somewhere. The captain simply disagrees. And as far as I understand it, the owner can get peace and just fire him on the spot. But I would say that yes. Captain hadn't done anything wrong. No, it was up to him. So similar with the security, yeah, but, the owner can but, technically ask you and force you to do something which is uh, you know, against uh, best practices and can expose him or even uh, you know, 
create some kind of uh, vulnerable uh, hole within the system that can be taken advantage of. But yeah, in but the then, end, yep, go on. Then, then it's your then it's your obligation as an officer to be assertive mm -hmm. with the orders you're getting, and uh, you can explain to the owner if we do this and this. You're compromising things. Uh, we can't uh, sell. We can't do it as good as we should. And a uh, captain would never say, maybe some, but most captains will never say yes to go in uncertain waters or doing something just because the owner wants it. Captain always put the route for for sailing as safe as possible because it's not only the owner. He also got the responsibility for the crew. So um, it's, it's, yeah, of so, course it can be done. And of course, uh, owners can go in and do stupid things like um, advertising that they're coming to this and this island. And then when you come there, there's a lot of uh, photographers and these ones. And then owner might be pissed about their being there and say, hey, why is he here? But you, you let them in. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that happens as well. But most owners, they are very reasonable. They will listen to your to their captain. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's why they hire you. Know, they, they want your professional yes. opinion. Otherwise, they will make decisions. Yes. No, no. So even if you consider uh, the captain, the chief engineer, and some kind of, let's say, external IT company, who has the most to say based on your professional opinion? So, you know, aligned to the reality, not to the way it used to be. Who has the most to say and whose, uh, let's say, decision will be taken to account in the end? Imagine that you have a you know, disagreement. An IT management company has one opinion or wants the boat to do X. Then you see the problem with it. You advise Y. And in the end, ultimately, Capstan wants to do Z. Yes. Um, in my experience, captains never go if I go to the captain and say, this and this can't be done, it can't happen, if you do it, you risk this and this. I never had a captain who said, okay, I'll do it anyway. I never had okay. that. They're always, they're always a mutual respect between captains and chief engineers because they have to, we have to trust each other to, to make sure that everything is as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. And have you ever had some kind of, let's say, opportunity to educate different people? So, for example, not only purely to you know, the software or the digital part of cybersecurity, but even a physical one. You've noticed that something has been done against best practices and you try to you know, gently point it and uh, make people to convince them to make changes. Have you had that kind of conversations? Of course. Of course, we have them all the time. But mostly in this industry now, where people get certain uh, certain courses of uh, of um, security, you can get different levels. And uh, mm -hmm. I got a high one, but you can get different levels. And and we do drills and so on. That's actually about these. It goes about stowaways. It goes about uh, um, search for for uninvited uh, things on board. And, uh, mm -hmm. and all these things. And when you do these drills, you also speak about, hey, did you remember to close this door and lock it? Did you remember to uh, make sure that the passerel was up? That's the, mm -hmm. the land gang. Make, make sure that this and this. And 
you can't invite uh, people on board the ship. You need the uh, captain's permission for things like that, and and all these things, and and you go through it the time and uh, and speak about it. So I would say on a on an average, people on board boats are more into security than people in uh, factories and uh, and other workplaces because we are discussing these things. We are doing drills. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, another question is about maybe some kind of story related to the, let's say, uh, maybe not the security bridge, but uh, something related to a person or uh, the part of the organization that uh, fully disregards security. For example, last week, Nick uh, shared the story about uh, an ETO that had a very simple password that has leaked like five years ago. Then he messaged him, gently asked him to change it, and he hasn't done it anyway. Do you have similar stories? No, but... You can share at least one. You can disclose it and keep talking No, but, yeah, no. We, we're changing passwords on a, on a regular basis. You actually get notified that now it's time for new passwords. Our ETOs are not keeping the same passwords. It's a lot of people that need to do a new password a lot of times, but it's... Uh, it's better than you have old crew passing this boat, and then suddenly they can be on the on the internet again. Um, yeah. One not not can... doing anything stupid, just using uh, the internet maybe or something, but it's still a risk. Uh, you're opening up to to somebody else. But also we do NDAs, non-disclosure uh, when uh, when we do our hiring, and the, mm. in those ones that can mm. be that can be quite severe. Yeah, the one I, I ran, the yeah, one yeah. I have right now, I can't do. I can't post anything on Facebook. Yeah, nobody know, the, back home. Nobody, nobody of my uh, family and, and and friends back home know where I'm actually working right now. My mm -hmm. wife does, but that's all. Everybody else thinks I'm in Mallorca. Yeah, <laughs> because everybody everybody is in Mallorca. So yeah, the, the, it's all about confidentiality. Yeah. The, that's fully understandable. And would you say that, but, uh, before I go to the next question, if it comes to the passwords, the simple advice that I can give uh, to all the viewers is it doesn't to be, uh, unless you have three master passwords, but an average password that you rotate frequently, for example, on a monthly basis, instead of going with uh, the random, uh, let's say, set of characters, which is nearly impossible to remember, you can just create a very lengthy password, which contains uh, not only, okay, I don't want to say a mix of dictionary words, but uh, if you just compare the entropy of, for example, 10 random words that are still uh, memorizable with the entropy of uh, an average, uh, let's say, 8, 10 character string, the 10 words, you know, are much more difficult to break than some password that you will never remember. And uh, it will be easy for you to, let's say, uh, put it in your memory without uh, keeping it on some kind of piece of paper like a lot of people do. Because the, the main point is to rotate the passwords, but also not to disclose them publicly or, you know, save it. Like, I've seen some crazy stuff, people that change the password that couldn't remember it and they send it to them via email or something, or they like make a picture of it and they, it's not the way to do so, guys. No. Nevertheless, another question is about uh, the difference in security about, sorry, in different geographical locations. So have you noticed that People, for example, in Europe are more chilled compared to people in the Caribbean versus people in the Middle East. How do those regions differ in your opinion? 
security wise if it comes to the no, market. No, that's in in Europe, and I am European. We are still naive. We always think the best of everybody. We <laughs> we are more no, but we are we are nice people. We yeah, are trying to help everybody. No, we are trying to help everybody, and that mindset might be conflicting a bit with the uh, with the press in the whole world right now. Uh, Caribbean is not more different than uh, Europe, but um, but Middle East is uh, more restrictive with uh, with a lot of things. Trust nobody. Uh, like, so, so we're slowly getting towards the end. I prefer to keep all those podcasts uh, under 30 minutes. Let's say that uh, I can ask the last question, which will be probably about uh, what do you think? What needs to happen for the industry in general to start to keep up? Because for now, I believe that the marine sector, on average, of course, yes. it's at least 10 years behind the aviation industry, for example. Yeah. So for, As you, for those people, Robert, yeah. no? Robert, you know what need to, need to happen before people have another mindset. They need I a 9-11. They need a, they need a 9-11 in that. They need a, a yacht from a famous uh, person and they get hijacked and can't start the motors or something and they have to be rescued or the boat is total or something like that. That will really, really uh, make everything, people will look at it from a new way because now it's still just something you read about. It could happen. It's not That's something you read. Yeah. Uh... I would say that it happens at least on average much, okay, I wouldn't say much more frequently than uh, it happens on shore, but the the very frequency of different security breaches is just not acceptable. Just in 2020, as I told you, at least uh, several, let's say, big boats, either uh, mostly commercial, because they had more difficulty yeah. trying to keep things under the rack, let's say, and this close. They're just being hacked. Yeah. The, the attack on the Iranian port, for example, from like 2020, or even the CMA, uh, CGM hacked, the ransomware one. The, the, yeah, I heard container ships uh, that, uh, that where they went in and took all the, the stowing, uh, stowing uh, programs and uh, had to got uh, paid free for that. So, yeah. Uh, no, it is there, but people don't realize it's it's so close by. That's the problem. What, what even bothers me is that IMO itself. You now I called them. Uh, I think like three, four times, uh, asking some questions uh, in regards to their point of view and uh, how do they reinterpret certain sentences that they put in the IMO resolutions that would take uh, and uh, start becoming. Uh, let's say mandatory with every audit post January 2021. So basically, you know, call them, discuss some things, ask them how do they interpret certain sentences as it was very generic. And at the same time, every single time during the call, I basically mentioned that the certificate on their website has expired and they might want to you know, fix it. Nobody cared. And it was like, I think three weeks in a row as I called them uh, once per week on average. Nothing yeah. has happened. And then they got breached. So I'm like, yeah, gas, I guess we'll never uncover that secret. How can we fix? Nevertheless, because uh, this industry is secret as well. So, if if yeah, you have yeah. this problem, you will never go public with it. So, 
Nevertheless, uh, that will be it. If it comes to the podcast, I'm really glad that you yeah. accepted the invitation. And uh, no problem. We'll talk to each other next time. Thank you and have a nice yes. day. Yes, all the best, Robert, and uh, take care out there. And uh, for all you other guys, take care out on the on the oceans and uh, be safe. Thank you very much. Have, have a nice one. Bye bye.